Hello and welcome to my podcast, How I Teach Golf. My name's Duncan Walger and I hope you enjoy the show. So today I'm uh, talking to Ollie Leet. How, Ollie, how are you? I'm very well, Duncan. Thanks, and yourself? Yeah, looking forward to this. Absolutely. Um, I don't know too much about you, Ollie, I'm sorry to say, but um, so... Tell me, me and the listeners a bit about your, your 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 background, how you got into golf, and how you ended up doing what you're currently doing. Sure. Okay. Cool. So, um, yeah, I started golf at a young age, um, playing in the in the fields in uh, back in Aberystwyth. Um, then joined the local golf club Penrose when I was eleven. Okay. Uh, sort of got obsessed with it straight away really and loved it and was up there all day every day um got to a pretty good standard um when i was 15 i was three handicap three four handicap mm-hmm. um was in the welsh and 16 squad um and yeah it was it was good and then yeah sort of from there carried on playing till i was 21 got, got a job and and all that and started earning and yeah, I was enjoying it in the in the printers in the, in Aberystwyth, Cambrian Printers. Okay. Um, and then I sort of just had a, a bit of a chat with my mum one day and said, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. I want to uh, help people play golf. Um, so I decided to go down the PGA route. So you didn't do, do PGA like at the end of school, begin the college. You waited until you're about 21 and then decided that's what you wanted to do. You wanted to help people get better at the game. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Still loved the game, but sort of knew I wasn't good enough to 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 sort of to make it as a player um, from a young age, and um, but still loved the game, wanted to help people. So um, yeah, got got uh, finally got a job, um, and uh, away we went nine years ago now. So where did you do your um, so where did you do your apprenticeship? So I did it at uh, Lilybrook. The, the funny story is that. I applied for all these jobs um, as an assistant um, and I went for 11 interviews and didn't get one of them. Okay. And started questioning like, crikey, what's wrong with me? You know, or why do, why do none of these pros want me to, to, to sort of take the job? And uh, I was very fortunate that Harry, um, Harry uh, ha- Simon Harrison from uh, a Lilybrook golf club at the time, uh, went up for an interview and uh, he gave me the job. So did my sort of three year. Well, I nearly did my three, nearly completed the training with him. I uh, yeah, I was there for two and a half years. Load learned a lot from him. He was a really good um, head pro and a very good coach. So I spent a lot of time watching him coach, and he helped me a lot with my my PGA work, which. Certainly wasn't my strength, so um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was good. It's a nice, nice club in Cheltenham, Ladybrook. Great club, fond memories. So, where did you go from there? Where did you finish your um, your PGA? So that's when I joined Tim Hall at uh, Ross and White Golf Club, which is where I still am. Um, I've been with Tim for six years. Tim, um, Tim had just won foremost pro of the year, so um foremost if you're not i'm sure you're aware but if your listeners aren't aware is a, is a buying group within the uk for, for pros and there's around a thousand pros and tim was number one so i got in touch and i said i want to be number one and i want to help you become better 
give me a job kind of thing. <laughs> and, um he was for- I was fortunate that Tim obviously saw something in me and g- g- gave me the opportunity. So that was six years ago that I joined Tim. Fantastic. So would you have said that Simon was your first kind of mentor and then very much that Tim is a mentor of yours now? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, si- Simon helped me sort of further my career, I think, with Tim. And we, we were we had similar vision. And, you know, one of the first things he said to me was, I, I want you to work or create your own brand around mine or underneath you know under the thsg which is the tim hall school of golf so um yeah tim massively helped me you know set up my own business and initially i had a brand but not really not much else if that (laughs) makes sense yeah so i didn't you know i was doing coach some coaching but not really anything specific and decided that the leap putting hub was going to be where I focus on the, on the short game and well, you know, mainly putting. So, okay, so you you finished your, your PGA training. You're working at Ross and Y. Yeah. Um, so how did how did the the idea of putting come about? Was that something that you were good at when you were a junior, or has it been something that you were just fascinated by instead of the full swing? Let's say. I'd say it was probably. Both, I was yeah. As a kid, I just loved short game. I couldn't hit more than ten balls on the range without getting bored. But I could spend okay. hours on the short game area, chipping and putting, chipping and putting, par eighteen, um, putting candles in the holes when it got dark and trying to hold the putt, etc. And um, yeah, I think short game or putting is you know something I've always loved. Um, and I think it's something that I didn't know a lot about once I've done my PJ training. I didn't really know a lot about putting um, mm-hmm. and to set myself up to be something a little bit different from your, um, you know, your standard PJ pro coach and everything. I, I went down that route. So how did, um, so what kind of extra training or what courses did you take or did you just read some books or what did you do to, to kind of separate yourself from, from 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 the norm, as it were, with regards to putting, I contacted everyone I could find in the world who was good at putting or coaching putting at the time. So, just just rewinding a little bit, I think it's very difficult for a, a trainee professional to to finish their training and then become an expert in all areas of the game, mm-hmm. or not even just in in being a coach, but I don't think you can be a top long game coach, top short game, top putting, top course management coach, top retail man, top society, <laughs> green yeah. man, shop. You, you get the picture. So I think, um, yeah, specialising putting is what I wanted to do. I got in touch. Yeah, as I said, I really did a lot of research and found a lot of good guys. Um John Graham helped me on the early days. I got in touch with Jamie Donaldson of Aimpoint Golf. Mm-hmm. He was the only coach in the UK at the time coaching the the old Aimpoint Reed, which was the, the Aimpoint chart. That's right, yeah. And he, uh, yeah, they were looking at the time to, 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 to get some express coaches 
you know, in the right areas. I yeah. um, expressed a lot of interest and, I don't know, passion or whatever it might have been to 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 convince him that of the 150 applicants he had to convince uh, to convince him that I'm the man. So I was very fortunate to join Aimpoints, what's that, four, four and a half years ago. Okay. Um, so that's, that was a great, you know, a great, great, you know, um, great start. And at the time, I think it's four years ago, myself and Tim um, built an indoor studio and an indoor putting green. I bought a sand putt lab. Um, and I think it's about four years ago, I started getting in touch with a guy called David Orr, who um, yeah. he's probably one of uh, one of another one of my mentors who um, is an incredible guy. And yeah, it's a, he's a great guy to learn from. Brilliant. So did you go out and visit David or what's the, what did you do with that? And what did you do with Jamie? Because obviously I've had Jamie on the podcast. Yeah. And I think another uh, aim point instructor, James Skelton, also had on the podcast. So yeah, know, um, know them well. They're both good guys. Um, so the, the training with Jamie was um, he he came to my club. We got a, a load of students for him to coach and for me to observe him coaching um, for my level one training. Um, yeah, and that that was sort of me up and away really and running level one yeah. coach. Uh, within sort of within a few months from not having clue how to coach green reading yeah uh, i think it's a if you don't use express i think if you start coaching and looking at the line like you sort of crouch down behind the ball and you have a little look and yeah i didn't really have any sort of clue how to coach so um yeah that really helped me for sure brilliant and then, and then with David, how does it work with him? So he, uh, I think it was three years ago, he did a um, he had a seminar in Portugal with Rob Cheney, uh, yep. another Aimpoint guy, good guy. Uh, he's big into his stack and tilt as well, um, sort of well known as a a, a good coach. He uh, he got David over, um, and we, yeah, so I signed up for his three day course in Portugal. So. Um, that was really cool for the first time to do that. And I think that opened my eyes to, to realize that putting instruction is definitely not easy. I think it can, putting can be, you can, it can look quite easy when you say, you know, it's only all you've got to do is hit the right line at the right speed and it'll go in. But <laughs> there's a lot more to it, I think. <laughs> if, only... if only it was that simple. So. <laughs> Yeah, so um, he's really helped me. He, he's, the research that David Orr has done on putting instruction is unbelievable, especially on measuring the body. So measuring how the body moves during the putting stroke, that's nothing I've never probably even thought of beforehand, not alone, you know, dived into. So, um, you know, learning how, how the body moves in the last three years has been an incredible uh, journey, really. And Phil Kenyon has also helped me a lot in the last sort of year or so. He's a real good guy. Um, obviously, he's uh, probably the best coach in the world at the moment. He's got uh, uh, certainly a lot of uh, good golfers who he's coaching. His knowledge, him, himself and David work together closely um, with Dr. Rob Neal on, on the um, GPD to to really advance, I think, the, 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 the putting 
the putting scene, if you will. Fantastic. So, so just talk me through kind of the setup at Ross and Why. You know, if I if I wanted if I was coming in for a first yep. putting lesson with you, what what could I sort of expect, or basically, how do I book a lesson? You know. Cool. Yeah. Out. So a little bit about um, what we've got there first is um the course is fantastic it's it's one of the best courses in the area if not the best um so great course great membership um with the thsg team you know the tim hall school of golf team is fantastic um with myself tim james and neil we work a lot with the juniors um for basically when we started at the club there was not a junior member of the club or i say not but probably five juniors and we've we've sort of transformed that to roughly 150 junior members th- through all ages, if from from three year olds to 18 year olds, and we even look after up to the 21 year olds really until they're ready for college or whatever. So, um, so that's a, a real cool part of our job, and I, I, I love that side. Indoor facilities, mm. we put Tim. Tim's in the lab. He's got um, his uh, quad, GC quad and um gasp cameras and two k vests one for inside one for outside so that's what tim that's where we sort of lock him we lock him into that room and he's he's away coaching flat out (laughs) and then i'm um yeah flat out coaching in in the hub uh with the sampat lab which is um probably one of the the best things i've bought it's super reliable accurate and, and and i love it i've got other you know other putting gadgets as well but i'm not a big gadget or training aid guy but i've got I bought a 4d motion as well since working or learning from david and phil which is a six sensor um ford 4d motion capture system so it's see you can put the six sensors wherever you like and see how the body's moving i don't really use that in lessons that's more for my own education uh, so if you wanted to book a lesson, you could find me on social media or my website, Tim Hall's website or Ross and Wise website. Um, it, I wouldn't say I've got a, a set structure. I've not got like a lesson plan. I think everyone's so unique and different. I think I would originally initially have a, a, a chat with you and say, you know, what what is it you need? How can I help you today? And go from there. Initially, I'd say, you know, most often people come up for two, three hours for the first session and we go from there. Um, if, if they're coming to see me, I also go to a load of other clubs coaching Aimpoint. So over the last four years, I've developed from level one coach up to a level three coach now. So um, the southwest and Wales is is kind of my area. So it's a big old area from, I don't know, Conwy in North Wales down to Cornwall over to um, Birmingham and then down, not quite as far as Oxford, because I get into uh, sort of closer to Jamie, but um, certainly the Cheltenham area. So uh, I, I love coaching Aimpoint all over the country and going at different clubs, uh, host, you know, the get get the head pro to host host a clinic. I think, you have you hosted a clinic with Jamie? Is that is that how you know him? Or? Yeah, definitely. I mean, originally... I can't even remember, and I'll have to go back through the the podcast. I can't. Uh, Jamie and I basically met, and I can't remember how we met. Um, but I know we were together at the PGA Golf Show in in, in Orlando, 
and we were holding a plain truth party and my, um Mark Sweeney was there with Jamie and Sounds like a good party. It was a very good party. And then um and then we and then I ha- I, I hosted a, I was teaching the Essex girls and the Essex ladies at the time. So we did a aim point cool. clinic with the books. Um back in two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, that kind of winter. Um and Jamie and I remained friends ever since. So I hosted a couple of other um, aim point clinics uh, wherever I was, but we've always just remained in contact, really, because his special. You know, I like a lot of the time. I like to, although I like the information and I like to be able to coach the information. If I feel as though there's something that I'm kind of lacking in the knowledge, it doesn't matter. I don't mind putting my hand up and say, "You need to go and see Jamie," or "You need to go and see James," or "You need to go and see yourself, Holly." It's uh, I see it very much as a part of a team. It's a great, um, uh, and if if I don't feel as though the person needs that, then then we're it's okay. It's really cool that you've got that, you know, that growth mindset, Duncan. That that that's fantastic to hear. Um, I think uh, you know a lot of the pros in the industry need to uh, to follow that um, to follow that route, really. And yeah, we can't be experts at everything. Because right? as you said, as you said earlier, I can't I can't be. I can't be an expert or perceived expert. I think in every single area of the game, I Impossible. think that would be. Um, I think that's going to be a little 100%, bit of a tall order. Yeah, one hundred percent. Absolutely, yeah. We're going to keep learning for sure. <laughs> I mean, I've got a sand putt lab, and I use blast, and we've got gears cool. and everything else. So, I do have a lot of tech that at my disposal. However, there's there's still a lot of people that. I lean heavily on for for information with the players that I see, definitely. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, what do you see? Do you see anything more common than other things if people come to see you for a first time? Is it, you know, whether that be aim of the putter at a, at a dress or, you know, and then making compensations during their stroke? Do you see more of a uh, a drastically into-out stroke or a rapid closure rate of the club face. What do you tend to see more of uh, from your students first time that you get to meet them? What are their wants and needs? Cool, good question. Um, <clears throat> on the one thing you just said, I don't think aim is the most important factor, which is something uh, a lot of coaches might think is, is very important, but I think a lot of players aim their stroke, so they don't need to be, they're good at aiming, but it's not necessarily at the target. Normally, mm-hmm. I find most golfers, they, they either have a bad belief or a bad concept, which listened to or read or, um, yeah, be, be, you know, been told by their colleagues or their, 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 their friends. Um, and th- those common concepts or bad bad beliefs in my opinion would be what's the top three eyes over the ball would be one uh, take the putter yep. straight back and straight through would be two and to accelerate the putter through the ball would be would be my third they're the three I hear on a daily basis yeah, I think there's no there's no research to actually say that the eyes have to be over no. the golf ball. No. And have you ever seen a putting stroke that has gone straight? I'd back say that through? there's probably 
I've not. David Orr has done the research, and I think three percent of golfers can do a straight back, straight through um, putting stroke, but it, and, and they're good at doing so. You have to, min- yeah, all the club, the club as a whole, quite a lot for it to go straight back, straight through. Um, it naturally wants to be a three-dimensional arc. I think that's one question I get often is like, so do you coach, um, Ollie, do you coach straight back, straight through, or do you coach arc putting? And it, it's amaz- it just amazes me that people still think that that is a reasonable question to ask, really. So, um, yeah, for me, the putter has to move in three dimensions. It's not a one-dimensional stroke. So then what would your be, and then... I'm trying to I'm trying to get a picture in my mind of kind of the journey I would go on with yourself. Obviously, two to three hours sure. in the first session um, that you're you're trying to gain an overall view of 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 kind of my ability. I presume to start the ball on my intended target. Yeah, that that would be something I'd look at for sure. I use the the David Orr Flatstick Academy template on a daily basis, um, so I, I, I look at your mental state. Or oh, I certainly find out more about your mental state. I look at your stroke mechanics. I look at your skills, so your read, your speed, your aim, and your start line. Uh, I look at, um, as I said, your stroke mechanics on the SAM. I look at your movement strategies. I look at um, your concepts, your beliefs, your practice everything right get everything down so I, I would definitely don't jump in and that's why i think i need a couple of hours to to get an idea of the big picture i think you know quite often we can see someone's see the fault but it's not actually the root cause the root you know the root the root cause comes from either a bad belief or a concept or even practicing on a mirror or practicing with your head on the wall or i don't know training aids or you know there could be anything right so that's what about actual putters themselves do you custom yeah absolutely or... that's that's another thing i definitely look at as well is, is obviously their putter um length loft and lie is the, is the the standard three things you look at and then i don't have a again i don't have a fitting system or a fitting process i don't fit the rotation um, or their arc, you know, it's like the, the the ping system. You need a straight back, uh, a, a, um, a, a face balance putter. If you've got mid rotation, then you have a, 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 yeah. a 45 degree toe hang. I'm not sort of sold to that all the time. I, I'll, you know, some people I'll fit who've got high rotation, I'll, I'll fit them to a face balance putter. Some people who've got, quite a straight arc or straight straight low rotation i'll fit them to a toe hang putter there's no real system there but what i do is i make people better at putting getting the ball in the hole more often <laughs> that's a pretty that's, that's i know a pretty that good sounds idea. like a, base, <laughs> a bit of a i don't know a funny thing to say but people leave my lessons happier and putting better than they did and I know that sounds like well of course that's your job but sometimes you can get 
I totally, I totally understand that. So when someone, when someone's leaving, they've got a clear picture of what Correct. they were doing, yeah, what they're now doing, how, and with regards to um, whether I want to call them drills or <laughs> practice routines or plans or programs or whatever, do, is is that something that they lead <clears throat> with either written down or via video? How does so how the does practice work? is interesting? I in the past, I've I've um, you know, put practice plans together for players unique to the individual because if you've got a tall player, they might be practicing their putting 10 hours a week or if you're Jason Day, 20 hours a week. If it's Mrs. Jones from up the road yeah. who's off 26 and she just, you know, she's not going to practice that much. So I think you've got to tailor the practice towards the individual. Um, I certainly make my players aware of what I believe is that there's three different types of practice that everyone should, should go through. So maintenance practice would be number one. That would be your checking for, you know, if you've worked on something with me in a lesson that you need to get your ball position in the middle of your stance, for example, maintenance practice would be checking that, you know, you're stood at a certain distance away from the ball or so it's, it's technique based. So it hasn't really got an end goal, but, um, to, to hole in the putt but it's very much working on technique or previous lessons it's checkpoints other type uh, the second type of practice would be random practice now this is area where kids are fantastic right so they will invent games mess about people can watch kids practice and say that they're messing about but I think that's a great way to learn and, and as as adults or as kids grow and we become adults we start to stop having we stop to having fun and stop experimenting so i think it's very important to have random practice be it put tea pegs in the way when you're putting or put tea pegs in the hole or i don't know just just play random shots where it's got to deflect off other balls placed <laughs> the, 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 it's all down to the yep. individual and how their brain works to to mess about when they put practice right-handed left-handed backhanded yep. hit off the toe hit off the heel hit off the sweet spot um experiment with loads of different ways and that for me is a, a cool way for learning uh moving on to the third type of practice performance practice would be sort of my third step and that would be where you measure measure what you're doing so here you use one ball it's full routine every single time and it's a task that you've got to complete in either complete the task or do it in a certain amount of shots and you record that score and then you send that back to me so so in the past i've I've put these plans wonderful plans together for players and they don't do it so I've, I, I've actually <laughs> nothing better than nothing better than putting a load absolutely. of effort in and getting nothing back. <laughs> uh, so people just like golfers don't practice, and I think sometimes because I've made the plan, it's not their plan, uh, and so it's they're not. Yeah. Um, what's the word I'm trying to say? They're not in charge of their practice plan because it's it's like oh I didn't do it. Oh, it's not mine. It's Ollie's anyway. So I actually have stopped putting plans together for people and I or to, to my players and ask them to do their own. So that okay. seems, yeah, well, and send, it certainly send it to me. Yeah. And I, I'll always help them if they're like, 
I can't think of a random game, then I'll try and open their mind a little bit and think, you know, if they're working on distance control, give them ideas on how they can do a drill that will help that. But, um, and then performance is the same, you know, oh, how should I? So, people need that, golfers need help sometimes to use their brain. Do you know what I mean by that? I don't mean that to be rude either or copy, but I think. No. Make, making themselves making them more in charge is is, is key but whatever the level of golf yeah. if they're a tour player or, or if they're a junior golfer starting out that their goals that they're, they're they need to be unique to them yeah no that sounds that's, that sounds great in that they're, they're gonna they have ownership of their their program that's the word that's a good word uh, but you're very you're very open you're very open to helping them out with a few ideas, but at the end of the day, they're the one who's in charge of of their progression and sure. uh, improvement. So it's better if it comes from them because if it does, yeah, they're more likely. I agree. To do it. I, I think that's uh, that word is good. Ownership. I'm writing that down. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> is there is there anyone? Uh, out there at the moment, who do you love watching putt? Who do you go? That's that to me is that is the stroke, or is there no one out there that you go? That is the stroke. It's a good question. I think there's definitely not one stroke, and there's not a stroke on tour that I think, oh, he's just got the best stroke in the world. Um, mm-hmm. For me, that the, the players that stand out are. Probably Jason Day. I think he's been the one who's performed the best in the last few years. He's the one who practiced the most and put in in the last few years. Um, Spieth, obviously, his distance control on all lengths of putts uh, is phenomenal, and that's why I think he he holds more twenty footers than anyone else in the world. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, who else? There's not like there's not a I don't see someone having a perfect setup or a perfect model or a perfect timing. I think everyone's timing changes, everyone's rhythm changes. The setup changes as well. You know, we sometimes try and oh, we, we, we'll see golfers trying to be robots, trying to create a perfect stroke and it just doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. It's going to change so much. You know, for example, if the, if the if you're on a left to right putt, the ball is below your feet. If it's right to left, the ball is above your feet. That changes posture or setup. It has to, or you're going to duff it on the uphill or the, the right to left putt. So being able to adapt to the environment yeah. is key. And I think that's what the best players do is, is they they have the ability to, to adapt um, to different speed of greens, grain, wind, um, speed, slope, all, all these variants all these variables that's brilliant that's a great answer and then but is there anyone back in history you which you you wish you had actually seen putt live it'd been pretty cool to get some uh some numbers wouldn't it off of some of the old guys like i don't know Servi or um i know faxon's mm. the, uh he, he's a great putter and his his stroke numbers are out there uh or lauren roberts even yeah, I think, yeah, a lot of the information is out there. A lot of the information is out there, and I have seen, you know, a lot, lot of I've seen Tiger Woods. 
it's an interesting one going back to the age yeah. you know tiger woods aims his putter two and a half degrees to the right and he puts very much with his right arm and shuts the face uh, and you can call it a draw and draw the ball into the hole obviously the ball won't actually curve but um that's that's his stroke mechanics i think if you started to fix tiger's aim which would be an interesting question to coaches if if you've got a golfer who aims two and a half degrees right, would you fix their aim? A lot of it is on consistency. So if they aim there every single time and square the blade every single time, you know you wouldn't change it. But you would hope. I you think you'd be nuts it. to change it. Tiger Woods has got a few quid, doesn't he? <laughs> He's oh, it'd be interesting if you could fast. go back in time twenty years and get him to aim straight twenty years ago and see how many quid he's got now. I don't think we know who he is. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's fantastic. If you had a chance to, um, if you had, a, I think you've already done three. You've already done three kind of misconceptions and that you've exposed, which is great. But if you had the chance to um, play a fantasy four ball, uh, you can play in the four ball or you can be a caddy. I don't mind. It's that, it's your okay. four ball. You can do what you want. Uh, so who would you have in your four ball and where would you play? You did tell me you were going to ask this question, and I didn't think about it. Um, <laughs> I would have to play in a couple of years with my daughter. She's 15 months old, so she's uh, the joy of my life. So when she can, she can walk now, but she well, she does swing a plastic club, but 18 olds might take a long time. Uh, so she would be in there, <laughs> Tiger Woods. Sevi Ballesteros, I would play at Augusta. Standard answer, and it's got to be Augusta. No, not at all. So you and your daughter are going to take on yeah, Sevi and Tiger no around Augusta. I, ju- I would, I would just That's fix brilliant. Tiger's aim that. in the first hole, and then he'd be knackered. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see where <laughs> it goes. From there. Oh, that's brilliant. And. um is there any predictions? What do you think is going to happen over the next kind of, I don't know, six to 12 to 18 months in golf? Is there anything you see kind of trending that you may agree with or disagree with? Um, I see that the long game, I'm glad I keep out of it because I think there's a lot of sheep out there. I'm being rude now, but people talking of yeah. flattening this left wrist and all this jazz in the downswing and it bores me to death to be honest but I think that that concept will change probably and then someone else will come up with a great new idea um, Try. I think you know is everyone seems to be coaching a model not everyone but a lot of coaches are coaching a model in the long game and I think it's making golfers worse potentially um, putting there's a few new things developing I think that could be quite cool I think golfers are getting more aware that putting is important and they can improve it so hopefully the the future is bright and I think aim point is it's a new concept so it's only been out four years or so so you know it's it's gone from being the 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 finger thing sticking your fingers up to people actually understanding what it is and how, how it can help them so hopefully we'll see more and more people doing aim point because, yeah, it helps and it works. Um, yeah, what else? I don't know. I don't know. In in the game itself or, like, with players who... 
Yeah, I mean, if you think, for example, I know obviously um, we're talking after uh, Cameron Champ has won his first uh, PJ Tour event. Um, they talk about, you know, he's phenomenally long and he's and he's pretty accurate. But I think his strokes gained putting for the tournament wow. was like nine. I mean, it might be nine. I might if I if if I got my numbers wrong, someone have you killed will have me on Twitter and that's fine. Twitter. Um, but I mean, that is yeah, that's pretty good, up. isn't it? I didn't actually watch any of that golf, so I can't really comment on. I I do watch a lot of golf, but I, I watch a bit of the China one. Um, yeah, watch a little the bit HSBC, of that. I didn't watch yeah. the PJ Tour one. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think again, you know. P- Strokes gained, something you just mentioned there that is highly important for people to, to measure their putting on. I think players will come to me, yeah. oh, I'm just not putting good. I, I've, I average 34 putts around. And I'm like, it's all good saying that you had 34, but if you hit every green in regulation to 35 feet and you've had 34 putts, you, you probably gained three, four shots on the field. So... Um, it, it's all dependent. That's that's my point with um, counting your putts or counting your footage. I think it's they're they're not good mm-hmm. information. So strokes gained would be the the best way to measure that. And there's apps out there that can help right. help golfers with 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 those for sure. Yeah, brilliant. So um, as your as your guest of the day, you get to ask Ooh. a question of the day. So. That can be to coaches, it can be to players, and it can be within golf or outside of golf. So, Ollie, what's what's my question question of the day? It's a good one. You're not giving me much time to think about this one. No, I won't. (laughs) Um, What is my question of the day? Well, ask the Tiger Woods one. That's a good one. Would they aim? Would they fix Tiger Woods' aim? So if you could go back 20 years, would you fix his aim or would you fix his aim now? Um, 20 years ago. Okay. So before he comes out on tour, we're having a, we're, we're, we've got him on a sand putt lab or something of that ilk. And you notice that Tiger Woods is aiming two he and a half degrees to the every right. single time. Yeah. So would you change it? I can't okay. think of any better questions. No, that's cool. I quite like that. I quite like that. And then, um, Ollie, where, how can people reach you? Give out all your social media. Bits yeah, so I'm pretty active on um, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, I do a lot of my lessons on there and tweet and talk and all that jazz. Um, so, yeah, Leap Putting Hub is the Facebook page. Twitter is Putting Hub, at Putting Hub. And what was the other one? Instagram. I think that I think Instagram's like, putting up as well. Um, but yeah, if you cool. yeah leap leap putting up and you'll find me. I'm pretty much so. And the golf club's it website is, is... Ross and uk. Oh, the Ross and uk. Okay, and Tim's, you might yeah, as well definitely. give a shout out to Tim's uh, Tim, as well. It's the Tim Hall School of Golf dot com. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Ollie, thank you very much. I've really enjoyed this because I, I know we, we 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 share a few players as it were, so we're part of we're part of a few teams together, but we don't sure. actually get a chance to 
have this type of conversation yeah, together. Cool. So I've really enjoyed Alex it. Is a, Alex much is a good for, lad for coming on the podcast. He's good, doing well. Yeah. Because you do. So, how, do you look after other universities, or are you just at Hartbury, um, or what's? Yeah, there? sorry. So I yeah coach at Hartbury. Um, it's a super super college with forty odd students. So. Um, yeah, I work work with them all, and the elite team I work with on their putting. Um, so, so uh, yeah, it's a great, great place to. Uh, um, it's cool. I work with other um, counties and ladies counties teams with doing aim point sessions all over the country as well. So, what I, what I love about my job, Duncan, right? You can call it a job, but it's not really a proper job, is it? You know. I, there's no. so much, it's not just one thing I'm, I'm you know I'm fortunate to coach tour players I'm coach, happy to coach uh, to Hartbury I coach on Sam at THSG I coach Aimpoint all over the world and then go and learn from my mentors every year um, and spend loads of money on training every year so it's pretty cool <laughs> Excellent Ollie I've really enjoyed it and I look forward to Meeting up with you, and we can we can catch Super. up, have some fun, and maybe no talk my pipe stroke out. Easy. <laughs> Cheers, thanks, Duncan. See you soon. Cheers, now. Bye bye. Take care.